Welcome into Time Out with Taylor Rooks. Very happy to be back here with you. And today's guest is Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat, who is, of course, very happy to be back in South Beach. We cover a lot of stuff in this interview. And by the way, this is actually another player who most definitely needs his own podcast. He has so much to say. But in this episode, we talk about it all. His close friendship with LeBron James and how LBJ helped him grow in fatherhood. We discuss NBA group chats in the very exclusive NBA wine club. We also explore his beautiful marriage with my queen, Gabrielle Union, his reconciliation with Pat Riley, and if there's any truth to those D-Wade is about to retire rumors. Oh, and by the way, you know that 2003 NBA draft photo of him, Braun, Bosch, and Mello in those just awful baggy suits? Well, yeah, you know I had to ask him about that. Lots to unpack in this episode, so without further ado... Let's get to it. Dwayne Wade, welcome in. Thank you. My very first question, because I was encountering this as I was researching for the interview. Uh How often do people misspell your name? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So, this this simple name of Dwayne, since I've been in kindergarten, first grade, I always had to stand up in a class. They'd be like, eh. all these kids be like, anybody's name was misspelled or mispronounced? And I always had to stand up and say, my name was misspelled. <laughs> so my whole life, it, even though now I'm known, right, um, a little bit, people still misspell my name. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even remember this, but when I was maybe, yeah, like 19, I went to an all-star weekend and you were there. It was a really big all-star weekend. It was my first time I ever did media. Oh, that's about to make me feel old. And the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I was, was young. But like the person holding the stick with your sign, I remember you like uh, joking to everyone, like they can't even spell my name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they still aren't now. So okay, spell your name. Okay, so my name is spelled D-W-Y-A-N-E. But people do D-Y-W. People do so many ways, but the common one is D-W-A-Y. So yes. flip it. It's the Y before the A with my name. And I, I did. I asked my grandma before. I said, Grandma, because I'm a junior. So I'm named after my dad. I asked my grandma before. I said, why? Um, why is my name spelled this way? And she said, that's how Dwayne is spelled. And just left it at that. So that's, so that's what it is. That's I, how grandmas are, though. Yeah. I mean, what they say, it's law. Whatever anyone else says is just incorrect. Yeah, so it's, I, I, I think my name is probably pronounced uh, Dwayne. <laughs> I guess phonetically it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that could be your alter ego. <laughs> Dwayne. I like it. Okay, so they certainly know how to spell your name in Miami. Yes, they okay? do. Yes, they do. They don't mess it up. Yeah. How does it feel to be back? Well, it feels great. You know, I, I mean, I, I was raised there as a young adult, you know, in the city, you know, we, we went through so much together from, you know, from the standpoint of obviously winning championships and losing seasons and they watched me grow, they watched my kids grow, they watched me go through divorces, lawsuits, all kind of things. Um, so, you know, it definitely felt great to come back and, and, and be, and everyone like this, like open arms, you know, and, you know, and you never know how things are going to be, you know, especially as an athlete when we decide to make a decision for ourselves or our family, sometimes it gets taken um, the wrong way um, in the public eye or in the media. So um, I was I was very appreciative and thankful that our fans just, you know, accepted me with open arms back. And it was great. That, that moment I got off the plane and, and even to this moment I say today has been great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they say there you were like you have more pool than the mayor. 
I don't know about all that. <laughs> they say <laughs> you think. run Miami. I mean, everybody uh-uh. there loves D-Wade. But do you feel that as you're just around the city when you came back? Like, there was this uproar of people in Miami that were just so happy. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a cool place to to be. Uh, let, me, let me be political. Let me be politically correct. It's definitely a cool place to be. You know, the most popular face or name, um, you know, in in the city. So uh, I definitely don't have that much pull as everyone says, but people definitely see me, and it's kind of like, I, I think people look at me like either they first time seeing me or they last time. It's this look that people give me whenever they the see look? me. I don't know. It's I can't explain it, but it's like this look like. I think this is his first time or it may be his last time. Like, that's the look. <laughs> but, it's you know, it's great. It's flattering, you know, as well because, you know, it's a lot of respect there. And not only from what I do on the basketball floor, but what I've been able to do off the basketball floor and, and um, you know, and really been a face, you know, for, the, for that state and that city. Now, I've never been to Miami. Whenever I tell people that, they're like, what? Yeah, Everyone I was about goes to, say to Miami. That too. <laughs> but, okay, tell me what it's like because to me it's just like one big Drake song, like every night. <laughs> so, what, yeah, what yeah. is it like there? Yeah, well, everybody thinks, right, that it's, you know, live on South Sunday. Beach. Yeah, yeah, live on Sunday, <laughs> Tussies, you know, that, that, whole, that whole thing. And that is definitely a part of Miami. But um, some of us that live there, you know, we have to, you know, have families and, you know, kids <laughs> at school. It's a different part of it. But, you know, I think the great thing about, you know, Miami and for me, like raising kids there is great because it's very diverse. You know, Miami is like um, it's like going to a foreign country without a passport. You know, it's that diverse, sure. you know, there. And um, it's so it's very special. Um, but you definitely feel like you like when I'm in my backyard, I feel like I'm out of the country. I don't yeah. feel like I'm in I'm home. I feel like I'm somewhere. You know, or like I want to get a strawberry daiquiri and just chill. That's how I feel when I'm in the backyard. Do you consider Miami the South? Like if someone says I'm from the South, would you count Miami? Because I definitely don't. Well, I definitely wouldn't before, but now yeah. I'm there, yeah. Now now I do consider But y'all the South. aren't Southern. You guys cannot claim the South, okay? <laughs> Nobody down there is like Southern. Maybe you gotta meet them. There's some southern people down there. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta get to where you get around and meet them. If you go to South Beach, you ain't gonna meet them. Right. And I guess I'm right? only thinking it's just South Beach. Right, right. It only consists yeah. of South yeah. Beach. Yeah. A lot of people. And you know, one of my teammates, UD, um, Udonis Haslam, he's from Miami, and he always say this: like he never even went to South Beach until he got drafted. Like they didn't even that didn't even exist to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But everybody, when they talk about Miami, you know, from the outside perspective is, you know, it's, it's live. It's the palm tree. Yes. It's the but it's like another it's part. It's a songs. real part of Miami. Like, <laughs> yeah. real part where people are struggling. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, you got the communities that, you know, like Overtown. You, you know, I don't know if you ever heard, but Overtown is an important part of, of the Miami story that no one really talks about. But um, it's Tell so me about that because I have, I have not heard of it. So, Overtown um, is, that's pretty much where our arena is, is down there, right? We're, we're, down, we're downtown Miami, but we're pretty much in Overtown. Um, and, and Overtown is where they're possibly, you know, going to build a soccer stadium. And so right now it's, it, it used to be like the place, right? Anytime any um, performer come in town, you know, anytime you want to have a little nightlife, like Overtown was that, was that place. It was, that, it was that, that South Beach. It was that now that Wynwood. It was, but it's kind of been that community that's been an afterthought now. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's a predominantly black community. Um, and it's like kind of an afterthought, but now, you know, you see people building around it and no one really builds in it. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's like the heart of Miami, you know, is Overtown. I did not know that. Yeah. And okay. there's so many more stories with that, but I, you know, just yeah. want to 
give you a little surrounding of it. It's weird though how we, like as people, we just kind of tend to glamorize everything else, but we don't focus on the places that probably need to be glamorized. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know that that was the case in Miami. So that's very interesting. Boom. Yeah. Okay, so now that you're back in Miami, getting there was certainly an event because <laughs> the day, like the whole trade deadline day when the Cavs just blew up, Twitter erupted. Yes. I want to know what that day was like for you. Are you just <laughs> on your phone like, okay, where am I going to go next? Who's going to be on this team? What was it like for you? Walk me through it. Well, <laughs> uh, that was definitely a crazy day, um, especially in sports. But uh, for me, I've always had this mentality, and maybe because maybe because I've, I've had the ability to have it, um, but I've never concerned myself or worried about trades, right, or trade talk. And I always talk to my teammates over the years that you can see that it's, it's flustered and can't play and can't focus because of the deadline is coming or their name is in the trade deadlines. I always told them, like, listen, you, that's, that's a part of the, this, this business and this sport that you cannot control. You can't control if a team is going to trade you. Um, so don't focus on it. Just do do what you have to do. Take care of your business here, and if it happens, then it happens. And it's unfortunate because you got to move your family. You got to get up and pick up and move all. You got to move your house. You got to do you know all these things that people don't think about um, that you have to do. But outside of that, I've never had to worry about it because I've never really been seriously in trade talks. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't a concern of mine. So coming to the trade deadline, um, I knew that you know there's been a lot of talk about what the Cavs was going to do, but I didn't I, I didn't sit there and think like oh well, they're going to move me. Um, and everyone I, else. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> yeah. and everyone else. I mean, they threw yeah. out some names, like, you know, because, you know, we wasn't playing well at that time. But at that time, I was actually dealing with personal things in my life that I really wasn't. Basketball was a, not a focus of mine. You know, my agent, Henry Thomas, uh, which is his birthday today. Um, oh, he, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, yes. Hank. Um, he passed away. So I was dealing with that, and I, I was, you know, I was, I was in a kind of a depressed stage, you know, from that standpoint. So basketball was least of my, my concerns. But... So I'm, I'm driving into the arena to get some treatment because we was headed to, we had a road game and we was headed to Atlanta. But we all know as players, we know it's trade deadline. We know what it is. Hey, meet at the plane at 3.30 because the trade deadline ends at 3. You know how it goes. <laughs> right. You know, so, the uh, unspoken. Right, the unspoken. Yeah. Oh, we got off day tomorrow. No, it's trade deadline. Everybody got to, you know, try yeah, to get their thing. Yeah, got to figure right. it out. <laughs> right? But I wasn't worried about it. So I had my day. You know, me and Brian always, you know, when we had off day, we had a certain thing we did. You know, we meet at the arena. You get treatment. You get your haircut. We go eat. Then we go to the plane. So that's what I was in to do. And on my way in, I'm, um, I'm on the phone. Uh, I'm talking on the phone. And I get a, you know, my text message come through. So, you know, I got my headphones on. So I look down at it and it's my agent. And the person I was talking on the phone with was like, yo, got to go, got to go. And it, it, <laughs> said, news. it said, call me 911. So I, if it's trade deadline and you get a, a message from uh, my now agent, uh, Leon Rose, and it says, call me 911, you're definitely about to get traded. For sure. <laughs> so I was just like, yo, all right, pick up the phone and call me. And he's just like, you're going to Miami. Well, he was just like, well, you know, the conversation has been had right now. And, you know, they obviously, you know, want to want to hear what you say and want to respect your wishes. Um, I think, you know, it was kind of like Cleveland was saying, hey, we're about to make these moves. And these moves will affect, you know, possibly his plan town. We're bringing in young guys, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, if he wants to go to Miami, this is something that we can work out and trade, um, trade him back to Miami. So um, I was like, sign me up. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I thought – uh, first of all, for me, I, I needed it. I, I needed to go back to my family. I needed to be around my kids, um, and you know, and and then I needed to go back to a place where basketball-wise, I felt comfortable. I was a little out of my 
um, comfort zone a little bit playing in Cleveland with a different role that I've never played before. Not even just coming off the bench, just you know, on the court, the role that I had to play. But I was trying to figure it out and trying to do the best by it. But um, ultimately, I was excited overall that I was able to get back to Miami and get back to kind of my environment and my comfort zone. Yeah, well, it's cool to hear you kind of give the play-by-play -play of how you found out because kind of the overarching story on Twitter was, you know, LeBron was looking out for his boy. Like, he made yeah, sure yeah. that he would end up in Miami. So you really didn't know until you got the phone call from yeah. your agent. No, I didn't know. Now, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> I, I have nothing to do with yeah. But me personally, I man, that's the story I told is 100 percent the truth. Yeah. I, I had no idea until I got that call me 911. And uh, when I got that text, honestly, when I got that text inside, I, I kind of knew it was Miami. I just mm -hmm. felt it. Um, but I didn't know until Mason told me that I was just like yeah, my, my agent who had just passed. That was like his last deal that he'd done. He wanted to see me back oh, in Miami, yes. obviously. Um, and it was kind of like his last um, you know, ditch effort for me. Um, you know, from that standpoint, so it was kind of cool. So it had even deeper meaning for you, more yeah. than just like going home. Yeah, it was way deeper for me. Um, you know, and, and you know, obviously it's, it's it's basketball, it's a sport that I love and play. But going back at that time, it meant way more for me than you know just going back to put on that jersey and and play basketball. Uh, it was very emotional um, because of everything that I was dealing with the organization because my agent was a part of you know Tim Hardaway, Chris Bosh, Udonis, like. Mm, important players in the organization um, so it was a very emotional time for all of us and you know, so it was just, it was a, it was great to be able to end it um, that week that way something yeah. interesting that you said when we were talking about the trade deadline is that you luckily have not had to worry about it too much you know wondering yeah. if you're going to leave a team but on the flip side there are guys that like you said are so skittish on that day yeah. wondering Oof. You know what what that is going to be like so for you someone who has the luxury yeah. of annoying there's a good chance i'm going to stay where i'm at how do you kind of help the guys that are really scared yeah i mean it, first of all it's tough because you know if you ain't never went through it then you don't know what i'm dealing with right yeah <laughs> um and then but, it's hard to be like i'm not listening to you you right, staying here right you uh, you good right? <laughs> exactly so, it's easy to give me advice definitely so that's that's definitely tough but i think as you know someone who has been around this game all the time. I always say the same thing for a guy. If it does happen, if you if you get traded, if you leave, you know, just handle yourself, handle yourself a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, and I know all the times breakups is not always, you know, they're not always great. Yeah. But you just never know what happens in this league. You know, I've seen multiple guys, even been in Miami, that have come back to the team, have come back to that city. You don't want to leave that that city if you get traded or if you have to leave through free agency you know, in a negative way. So that's the one thing I always tell guys, listen, no matter what happens, make sure you walk out this door with your head up. Make sure you thank everybody in the organization um, for the time you was there, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the way you, you carry yourself and handle yourself. And from the standpoint of worrying about it, like I said, you can't control it. You know, when they, when they on them phones, they making those calls, if you if they call you and say or if you find out on Twitter that you've been traded, which, which that's insane <laughs> to me. Some people find well, woes tell some people that okay, yeah. they aren't going to be on the team. Yeah, that's a whole nother story that I don't. That obviously us athletes that we have a problem with. Yeah, you know? and the, the biggest one of the one of the the biggest um, things that in in all of our lives that is a problem for all of us is this word called communication. <laughs> it's effective <laughs> communication, and. I think a problem in professional sports is definitely, it's, it's hard for people to communicate. You know, just something simple as, even if you got to trade me, just something simple as, hey, hey Taylor, you know, could you come in for a minute? Look, I'm about to give you a breakdown. Yeah, you are, <laughs> you come I'm not coming, yeah. You know, and you sit down and you explain, you know, uh, first of all, you sit there and you thank them. 
you know, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you know, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for our organization. And this is as hard for this is very hard for me, you know. Uh, but X, Y, and Z, you know, we're 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 making a trade. We want, you know, we're thinking about sending you here and there. You kind of let a player know as you're going through it. And I know sometimes organizations don't want to do it because it may not go through. But you know, sometimes you got players that've been in your organization for a long time, or players you drafted, or players you. You know, you believe in, you call family and this and that. Like, it means something if you're able to sit them down, look them face to face, and, and explain to them why this is happening. You know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's no hard feelings. You know, maybe they're a little angry, but it's, it's, at the end of the day, they respect you more for mm -hmm. it. But when a guy got to look at his phone, or a guy get a call or a text from his homeboy, be like, yo, you've been traded to such and such. You're like, what? Especially when yeah. you probably just saw the person that could have told you. Yeah. I mean, and they just kind of yeah. didn't say anything Often. at all. Often. Yeah. So that, that's definitely one thing. Like, if I was, you know, if I was ever in a, in a position of a president or ownership situation, that going through this, that that's definitely one thing I have on my, my, my checklist of one thing I would try to do differently is understand it's a business. Yes, you will get traded. Guys will leave for free agency. All these things. This will happen in sports, people. It's going to happen. But it's the way you handle it, you know. I think you know because of this, this, this brotherhood, this family, you know, oriented, you know, kind of situation we all say we in, and you know, and we, you know, we're all family, and we all this and that. But when it comes down to it, and it comes down to trades or free agency, it gets ugly. For sure. And it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to get this ugly. Just you know, something as simple as communicating. It's hard to, but mm -hmm. you know, I think we we should do a better job of it. So when it comes to the times that you've had to leave, tell me about the best breakup that you've had. The best breakup. <laughs> they're all difficult. Okay, uh, they're basketball all Basketball breakup. Yes, basketball breakup. <laughs> basketball what was breakup. the best basketball uh, breakup that you've had? Well, I'll... I mean, for, and I'm for, gonna ask you the words. So no, I don't think I mind. had a. I, I don't think I've had a bad breakup. I, you know, I think the the emotional one was Miami, right? It was emotional because of my 13 years there, the championships, and you know everything. And people paint this picture um, about you know me and Riley, this and that. Um, and you know what? Did I feel a certain way? Of course, I left. So yes, I felt a certain way about things. But I left, you know, with my head up high. I left thanking the organization. I left. Sam, you know, you know, to rally from afar that I love him. I thank him for giving me this platform, this opportunity, all this. So I thought I thought I did it. I walked out the door as classy as I walked in the door. You know, it's just a lot of emotions and things around it. And in Chicago, when that breakup wasn't bad, you know, I got an opportunity because they was kind of in a rebuild situation to, you know, ask them for a buyout. And we got to the bottom of a buyout and I took a lot less money. Um, you know, but it was more so anything for me. It was, hey, these guys there, they're, you know, you guys are going to try to build Zach Levine and all these young guys. And I don't want to be in the way. You know, I understand what y'all trying to do. I will, you know, what? So I was playing out the season and just saying, listen, pay me my money. I would get out the way. Right. I would take less money and try to go somewhere else that I feel like I can compete for a championship and try to fulfill that part of me. So, like, I've had good good breakups because I think that I've communicated very well with, you know, the GMs or the presidents, um, et cetera. Okay. And I yeah. remember reading, like you mentioned to Pat Riley, that you guys were actually kind of able to, I don't know if reconcile is the right word, but we'll say communicate at the funeral, actually. You guys yeah. kind of just were able to get that relationship a bit better when you saw Oof. each other. Well, that was our first time seeing each other right. since probably the, what, the playoffs in 2016. How weird was that? It was a little weird, I guess. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while, and I like you gotta understand. Like this is very this is Pat Riley. You know, this is someone who that has been there my whole career. That's helped me, you know, you know, become the player that I am. So I respect him so much. 
Um, but you know, sometimes business, you know, you know, gets in the way. But at the same time, when I seen him, I was just so thankful that he was there at a time like this for myself and for Udonis and Tim Hardaway, guys that played in his organization. Uh, and it was a tough time for us, and he was there for us, and him and the other guys from the organization uh, was there, and that meant more to me than anything. It wasn't even about basketball, and he came and embraced me and hugged, and that's that right there. That that went so far for me, you know. It's like you know, it was like an embrace from your father. You know, I just I've not seen him in a long time, having a you know a little riff in y'all relationship. You know, it, it will always mean something. So um, then nothing else really need to be said. You know, from that, that was point, it. that yeah. that was it from the standpoint of like I felt better just from that. And then when the trade happened, it kind of made me feel good as well. It's like you know what, everyone wants to feel wanted. You know, and at this at this time, I felt like you know the Miami felt that not only did you know the Cavs you know want to get off certain guys but also Miami felt you know what we we have a need for Dwayne mm -hmm. to come back here and I felt wanted when I when I you know when I heard that they said you know because they could have said nah we, nah we nah we passed yeah, that. Yeah we good. Yeah we passed that. Let's yeah. leave those 13 years back there but they was like no let's bring our let's bring our son back and now uh, so I felt wanted from that. Yeah and you've always said you wanted to retire you know as yeah. a part of the Miami Heat. Yeah. Of course there's little rumblings little birdies saying you may retire after this season. Yeah. There's just rumblings. You have nothing to add. Oh, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> like you. Oh, it's well, like, oh, do you? Is there any truth to those well, rumblings? Well, I, I, I did an interview, um, and you know, it's kind of asking about you know this year. And this is my 15th year. I'm 36 years of age, et cetera, et cetera. And I say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm at that point in life where you know, once this year is over, you know, I can sit down in the summer and really think about you know, how much more do I want to do this or not? You know, it's kind of like that situation. I have a, my son, is, my oldest son is a junior in high school next year. It's an important time for him and his, you know, his space, his basketball career. And there's so many other things in my personal life that, you know, I have to sit down and think about, you know, but it wasn't me saying, hey guys, like y'all might want to get out and get these tickets because this might yeah. be it. Because I'm not thinking, that's not what my mindset is right now. You know, my mindset is, you know, finishing this year, getting into the playoffs, having a good playoff, having a good year. Uh, but when the summer come and I get out on one of these beaches somewhere and I sit down and think, and another about, banana boat. Yeah, well, <laughs> all that, and I sit down and think about my like career and my life, and at this point, what I want to do, I have to, I have to sit and think about it, and I have to think about you know everything, and and that's all. I mean, I'm just, I have to do that. So it's kind of like I hear everyone saying this retirement stuff, and I laugh a little bit, and I and I do understand because you know it is a possibility. You know, I am 36, I am in my 15th year, I definitely could walk away from the game but also I still know I have more to give to the mm -hmm. game but it's just about does it make sense you know from a basketball standpoint from a family standpoint all these things combined and that decision would be made you know a lot later and, and not right now well it has to be made by July but I was like, eh? <laughs> a lot later um, <laughs> than right now. Just this moment. Yeah 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 so I and on my Twitter feed every day I would go down and say don't retire don't retire well people tell me don't retire and it's kind of like you know, it's like being like um, in Marquette all over again when everybody wanted me to come back for one more yeah, year Yeah, don't school. leave. One more year, right? <laughs> right? It's like that chant is happening all over again. Right. And I'm like, this is crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely would get to that point, yeah. you know, Taylor, and I would kind of decide with, you know, my loved ones and, you know, with the Miami organization, you know, kind of what's the best place for Dwayne Wade at this time. And, you know, third person, I just did that. Yeah, I you did. Third person. I let it slide, um, though. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I do that every now and again. <laughs> um, but... You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. hey, you addressed it. You're like, I don't know right now, but it could be. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not thinking about it right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you mentioned your son who plays basketball. It's Zaire, right? Zaire. That's Zaire. okay. Yeah. He's kind of bomb. He's pretty good. 
I know he's going to see this interview, <laughs> right? And we'll see some clips of it, so I'm not even about to go there. You're not going to boost him? No, no, no. We, we so, my, okay, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, that, that my oldest son, you know, followed, you know, not, not followed in my footsteps, but took on a passion and the love of a game like I did. Um, and that's great. You know, my other son is not there yet, but my oldest is. And it's kind of cool. It's, some, it's a bond that we share that, that is great. And he has definitely has the genes, right? He yeah. has the talent. It's in his DNA. The kid can play the game. And I know that he knows that now it's the rest. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be the other things you know, about his work ethics. And, you know, all these things is going to take him to, you know, where he wants to be. But I'm enjoying seeing what he's going to do with, with his talents and, you know, and with the game that he loves. Um, so, you know, I took him to the gym the other night and uh, we played a little basketball, played a little one-on-one -on -one with him. I haven't done it in a while and I had to let him know that even though your pop's 36. I still you, got you. Yeah, you still ain't there yet. <laughs> he had a couple shots on me though. Yeah. I was like, oh. Well, you what know? do you see in his game that you like? Um, what a, it's, it's two things I love. He's a complete player, you know. He does everything on the basketball floor and his vision is off the charts. The way his IQ of the game and the way he sees the game is definitely better than the way I see it. And I think yeah. I see it pretty well. He sees it better than me. Is he a point guard? What position does he play? Well, right now he's a point guard. Okay. And I think that's definitely will be a position for him. Uh, I think he's gonna I think he's always gonna be a point guard. But even if he's off the ball playing as a two, who can he can he can shoot, he can score, but he's always gonna be a playmaker. So no I don't know how big he's gonna get and all this stuff, but he's definitely always gonna have that point guard mentality, you know, in him. I've always wondered, you know, what it would be like to be the son of like a superstar athlete and, you know, kind of thinking to yourself, will I be this good? Will people always compare me to my dad? So what steps do you take to make sure that he is able to be his own player and not feel that on him all of the time? Uh, that's a great question because um, I, I don't know what it's like to be Zaire Wade. I, I know what it's like to be myself and to grow up the way I did and the struggle and and my journey to where I am is way, way different than his. And that doesn't mean that mine is harder than his. A lot of people think that because of our kids have, you know, a lot of material things and have a lot of things that they want to need that it's easy for them. Not necessarily, not easy at all. His journey, his path is way different than mine and it would it'd be tough in his own right. So I, when I, so what I try to do is I just try to, you know, with, with any one of my kids is find a passion or something that they're interested in. If you're interested in it, I'm going to give you everything I can to make sure that you can succeed and be your best self within that. And I always tell Zaire, listen, I didn't name you Dwayne Wade III. I named you Zaire Wade. You don't have to be Dwayne Wade. You're not that. You're Zaire. Be Zaire. Make your own legacy and your own name uh, from that standpoint. And, you know, and so if I wanted you to be me, I would And not saying anybody who named their kids after them, but I didn't do that because I wanted him to to have that identity. Have their own identity yeah. of himself and not be, and he always asks you, why do you name me Dwayne Wade III? I think that would have been so cool. I'm like, no, nah, bro. Like, yeah. I like Zaire and that's you and you, you will, you will make Zaire. Then you can make a Zaire Jr. later. You can do all that, but a lot later. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the mentality, I think, and, you know, and who, who he's going to be, you know, if he's going to be a basketball player, even even going to be one. Um, you know, I'm going to love him. I'm going to support him, you know, no matter what, what he do. If he just want to fall into the family business, then, you know, hey, come on. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's whatever. And I always love hearing, like, you talk about your kids, also LeBron talk about his kids. Yeah. And I remember watching the interview when you were saying when you first got custody of your kids, you were calling LeBron, like, how do I do this? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. do I do next? Tell me about, you know, living with my kids. What yeah. is this like? Yeah. What is the funniest thing LeBron has taught you or told you about being a dad? Um, I don't know if it's 
And when people say that, it's kind of hard because you're like, I don't know if it's funny. You can't funny. think of a funny thing. Right, I don't know if it's funny. <laughs> but but I, I definitely knew that, you know, when I called him and I reached out to him, and that, you, you said it, it was kind of like, okay, so how do I do this thing with my kids to live with me? Yeah. You know, like, because they... They what like they haven't lived with me in a in a long time. So how do I do this all over again? You know, and we kind of sat down and just talked about you know, listen, it's gonna be tough, D. You know what I mean? And you know, even though we hugged and smiled and laughed, you know, and, and did what everything we did about it, how cool it was. But then he was like, yo, bro, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Like and these really. are reasons. And these are the reasons. You know, you're gonna be gone a lot. You're gonna be this, and that was around about championship era. You know, we you know it was hard. Um, you know, you got to do X, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it was a lot of things that I just had to learn, you know, like I was getting up in the morning, taking my kids to school. And it was like, I had like an hour and a half, I dropped them off before practice and I didn't want to go home. So I had to go to the gym. It was just, it was just a lot of things that I was just like, and then I had to get up at like 4.30 to wake them up because I knew they weren't going to wake up the first time. Then I had to go back in at 5 and get them up again and make sure he's in the shop. It. it was like, I am a real parent. Like, this is crazy, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was just, you know, he was just, you know, letting me know. Like, listen, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be gratifying. Um, and you get to wake up, and when you're home, you get to see them every day. And, you know, that's the thing that's special because I wasn't able to see them every day. And, that, you know, that, that's one thing that, that definitely hurt me at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And that's the thing. It seems like, and not even seems like, you guys definitely are, you and LeBron, friends way beyond basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like, basketball yeah. is probably the least part of it. It's about there so, so much more. So how has that friendship manifested? I don't know. It just happened. You know, it wasn't nothing that, like, we like we didn't grow up seeing each other at camps and <laughs> tournaments. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't on the circuit, you know, like that. So I literally met him um, in Chicago for the pre-draft. Okay, um, 2003. 2003. We literally both was in a room waiting on the doctors to come in um, to check, you know, us out. And we had about 30 minutes to sit there and just talk. And we just was rapping, just regular guys just talking. And then from that moment, it was like I see him again that week. And then it was like you start looking for each other when you're in the big meetings. Where like, Hey, yo, bro, <laughs> over here. I got Sage's seat. You know, and it was like, you know, mellow over there. And it was kind of like the group. And then it kind of just... It build that way, man, and then from there you just you find out you got similarities uh, from you know how you grew up, you know, and you know how you was raised, and you know all these kind of things, and you know your relationship and your friendship kind of builds from there. But then you got this, but then it's LeBron. He's the the biggest player in the world at this time, so it's so much attention on him, and that makes having friends. You know, from people, they think it's not a good thing. Oh, you can't be friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's a lot of guys in the NBA that's friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? These guys grew up together. It's a lot of guys before us that was friends, and people made it a big deal. Like, But we always, you know, like I always say, like, you compete against your brother, your sisters, your cousins. You compete against them is harder or harder than you do anyone else. And that's kind of how it always was for us when we played each other. It was always that, you know, we're trying to go at each other next, and we're trying to win, like, you know, so... Uh, even though we had that friendship and that bond, like anytime we played with each other, it was always, you know, for me, like, it, it was one of the, some, some of the best games. Not saying the way I perform, but just some of the best games to wake up and say, "Oh, we got this game tonight against my brother." I'm right. Ready to go, you know. So. And y'all were going at it last time y'all played. You got some block shots. You were you were sticking it to LeBron. Yeah, weak side. <laughs> I can't jump as high as him, so I come. Be like, I can get him in some spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, he, he jumped way higher than me, so I got weak side, you know what I mean? So uh, I had fun. The energy in that building was crazy. Right. Obviously, they was coming off playing very well. And, you know, he hasn't played Miami in a couple of years. And, you know, the whole me playing with the Cavs and coming back. So it was a good it was a good time. And 
I'm glad, first of all, that we played the way we did as a team. Right. You know, defensively, man, we played amazing. That was our, probably our best defensive game of the year. But yeah, a couple a couple of highlights. But um, you know, like you're I, said, happy I was about behind them. Like, yeah. No, I was behind them though. So I just want y'all <laughs> to know that. You know what I mean? Because you know, if I was in front of them, it probably was a little different. But not. You know, I'm I'm a good weak side defender. Right. <laughs> so okay, after that game, like, what's the group chat like? What y'all talking about? about not basketball. Not basketball? Nah. You're not saying anything. Did y'all see that? Did you no, see what no, I did no. in Brown? No, 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 no. We sent in memes and videos yeah, to each other. I've been other. learning recently. Like, a lot of people that have come on have been talking about how there's just like, these NBA group chats. Like, how oh, many group sure. chats are you in? Um, I got about five. Okay. Well, yeah, it's different What's guys. your favorite group chat and who's in your favorite group chat? Well, well, my favorite is probably, you know, me, Chris, Brown, and Melo because we've been knowing each other so long. What's the um, title of the group chat? Brotherhood. Very nice. Yeah, uh, the Brotherhood. So that, that's the one. I, but, you know, like my guy who came on this show before, Jimmy. Yes. You know, we're in a group chat together. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're silly you know, as well. Like, we're, <laughs> even though we're adults, we're still like kids and inside. So you should see all the stuff we send to each other, man. It's like group chats is some of the best things ever right now. Jimmy is probably the funniest person. He's Because nothing that he says is serious. Nothing. He's nothing. one of the dopest individuals that yeah. you would ever meet. Um, definitely, and, and I got a chance in Chicago to kind of really get to know him and get close with him, and like, you know, that's my brother, man, so uh, our, our group chat is definitely something that I, like, laugh at all the time because mm -hmm. he's just silly, and we both silly, and we talk about each other all the time, um, but it's uh, a lot of them. Jimmy says uh, you're not very good at spades. Jimmy is a liar. So we got to figure this out. No, we don't. Are you bad at spades? Are you good at spades? I know you have a spades tournament. I mean... No, Jimmy's yes a liar. Yes no? Okay, he says, he says <laughs> you and DeAndre Jordan are terrible, according to him. Yeah, according to him, because like, we're his friends. And like, yeah. yeah, so we're terrible. But so the whole, the whole story, and like, you know, I, I would tell the truth. We was in Paris, and we was playing. It was me and my wife versus Melo and, and Jimmy. This is a story that came out. And we're playing, and the game is, you know, pretty close. And then Jimmy's phone rings, and everything changes, right? And that was the whole trade. I got traded call. So after that, I kind of felt a little bad, and I kind of let off a little bit on the game. You know what I mean? They ended up winning. That's kind of how the story ends. Oh, so once Jimmy got yeah. traded, you yeah. said, I'm going to let you win. I felt a little bad. You know what I mean? So oh, okay. I, you know, I kind of took my foot off a little bit, you know, <laughs> you know kind of So if he didn't get traded, you would have won. That's yeah, yeah, basically. Definitely. Yeah, that, And anytime, anytime, uh, Jimmy, anytime you want to get back on back? the table, come on. So there's so. no truth to you being bad. I am. I've been doing this for a long time. Long time. I am a great space. Do player. you play like ace, ace, deuce, deuce? Well, it, w at home or in my tournament, which one? Cause it's when all. you just would get your cards and play your friends. Joker, Joker, Ace. Okay. No deuce. No deuce. Joker, Joker, Ace. Okay. That's how we grew up playing. I just recently started playing Joker, Joker, Deuce, Deuce, and Joker, I'm kind of Joker, into Joker, it. Joker, Joker, Deuce, Deuce. Like I'm sorry, Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace. Okay, that's too confusing. Let's see. Like that. it'd be Joker, Big Joker, Joker, Little Joker, Ace. And then the two of diamonds and the two of spades. No, see, I can't do that. I can't do that. I thought the same thing, but it kind of adds another element. When I see a two, to me, like, two this is, is the low. Trash. <laughs> right? Like when you count one, two, that's early. That's low, okay? Now, so the Joker for me is like, oh, I got the Joker. Aces, these are the yes. things that's high. Two, threes, fours, that's low. Yeah. Right? You I, should I, try it once. It's kind of fun, because I was the same way. I'm like, this is stupid. The two is something you don't want. But then you get the two and you're kind of excited because <laughs> you're like, But do right, you got to write on the two like this is. No, no, no. It's the two of diamond. Like, we, this is the big one. That's what we would do with the it. Joker. The, the big Joker says big on it. Right. <laughs> so that you know because there's two. So in my space tournament that we, that we do All-Star Weekend um, that Jimmy has been a part of um, and, and other guys, we, we do ace high. Okay. 
we do ace high, and everyone hates the rules, but I, I like to tell them, hey, you know, we got sponsors and they like it this way. And they want it like this. <laughs> Wait, who won this past year's face tournament? Uh, Chris Broussard and his partner. I don't, I don't remember really? his partner's name, but yeah, they won. They beat. They so they they beat me so me and my wife are partners which a lot of people don't do that but we're actually good space. Well, because she can probably read you like fantastic. Ah, and oh yeah, no, 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 because if she read me, we would have been champion. <laughs> we winning, yeah. Would have been winning, but everybody think like we got these secret like eyes and stuff, but it's not that. But we we communicate very well with each other. We don't, you know, we we're two chill people. So we played Chris and his partner, which I'm sorry I forget his name. We played them um, in a final four. You know, in a sense, and they beat us because of um, a bonehead play on our part that allowed them to win the game. So and it was then, like by a book. Like yeah, it was no, close. they yeah, it was very close, and we we could have set them, and we end up not setting them. And how our game is played, if you get too many books over, if you get five books over, you get a negative fifty. Like the sandbag. The sandbag. Yeah. So it, it's very tough because, like you know, like right, if we set them, then now we if we didn't bid that, now we got two sandbags over that we shouldn't have. Blah. So. Mm -hmm. It's a very technical game. The guy that was Chris' partner was very good at understanding the game. Okay. And he made sure that they didn't get to the sandbags and we end up, you know, so that's... So he went on some technicalities. He went on some yeah. So I'm just letting everybody know, like, are we coming for it again? Yeah. <laughs> that is extremely interesting, though, that you and Gabrielle are partners because some people are like, well, I don't want to play with them, then I'll be fighting and then we're Definitely. mad the whole night. Definitely. But one thing that Jimmy said, uh, we were talking about you and the beautiful Miss Union, and he was like, the way that they act on Instagram and stuff is really how they act. Like, they are best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my dog. Which is amazing. So I yeah. I just want to kind of understand how you guys are able to have that foundation in your relationship because I feel like a lot of relationships, they aren't always friends. It's, it really is more so about yeah. the romance and I think the relationships yeah. that are really nice are the ones that are built on that friendship level. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know any, I don't know, this is just what I think. Now, I'm not right. saying I'm this writing a book, like I'm not an expertise, like yeah. I've been divorced before so don't listen to me. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely feel that you know, in, in relationships, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's better to be friends first, right? Um, because, like you said, you know, romance, lust, you know, all these things, looks, we, it all fades. At some point, like, I'm going to gain a little more weight. You know, <laughs> my cheeks are going to be big. You know, my stomach is going to be a little bigger. Like, you know, all these things that, you know, you can be attracted to someone, eventually those things fade. But what is the foundation? You know, what do you have to fall back on? And for us, we fall back on our friendship. You know, we're two people with busy lives and two different two totally different careers and different lives so when we come together you know and when we're apart like what keeps us you know like i always say that if we i just so happen to get married we just so happen to get married to each other but we would have been best friends in life right you know what oh, i mean like, that's so yeah we would have been best friends now we just so happen to get married you know and i have all that the other mushy stuff <laughs> but like outside of that like we are like we're like that's my dog like yeah. we, you know what i mean we like y'all dance yeah we vibe yeah. we vibe and like it's for me it's cool because you know, you have to understand who you are, you know what I mean? Especially when I had a chance and she had a chance to do this for a second time. <laughs> you know, now you know what you don't like for and sure. you don't want. And now you can come back and, you know, and do it over. And I thought we both did a good job of finding someone that was like, yo, when it all fades, like, that's my homie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how we are. Like, we just normal people who like to have a good time and, you know, and we show the world a good time and, you know, that's us. Well, you got to tell her I said thank you for making Being Mary Jane because I am obsessed with oh, that man. show and yeah. I'm mm. sad because now it's going to be a movie, right? There's mm. not going to be another season. I'm cool with it. 
you're like, I'm ready for her to be home. No, you know, she ain't gonna be home. That ain't She's gonna she, be working. Yeah, good but for I, you, guys. I'm cool with it. It was a lot of sex scenes in Ben Mary Jane that you know that made me a little hot. You know, underneath you know this jacket, I'm sweating <laughs> right now talking what, about. What seriously? What is that like watching the sex scenes? It's 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 rough. Yeah, yeah. It was well, no. So I like. So I, I told this story before. So you know, one thing my wife always does, she gives me like the scripts of like what she's doing, so I can read them and kind of you know we can talk about them together and also see if I can approve of certain things or don't approve. But I'm a guy, and sometimes I just skim through it and might not read the whole thing. Uh huh. So the whole Ben Mary Jane, the first scene, the first season, I didn't read the whole thing. I just kind of skimmed through. I was like, oh, oh this, good. Is, this look good. You should do this. I think this is great. And then the first episode came out, and it was this at the end. It was this sex scene in the shower. And you should have seen <laughs> I my know face. What you're talking about. Oh my god! I was like, oh! <laughs> and after that, I was like, "Yo, we okay? All right." I will so, read all these. <laughs> okay, all right. Let me know what's coming next because you know. So it's definitely. I'm very. I'm a secure man. Like I'm. I'm, I'm cool. I don't worry about that kind of stuff. And not saying because I, I shouldn't. I just. I'm the kind of person that just feels like control what you can control. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I don't worry about that. But like. It definitely, you know, is when you see your when you see your your woman grab another man the way she grabs you and look at him the way she look at you. You're like, okay, is this acting or is this acting? What is going on here? Because you looked at me like that the other day. I don't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. It's like you're her best material. I guess so. That's good. See, I got you, Gab. That's good. (laughs) She's thinking like, if this was Dwayne. You no, know? I, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> That's how you know it's real. She's like, if, I, if this was the man that I loved, this is. Like, you got to think about it like that. No, but I'm cool. Like, Ben Mary Jane was great. It it's, was great. BT so did a great job with it. I'm glad it's coming to an end because it felt like it's, you know, the wrap-up movie is going to be great. And now she's moving on to the next project, which I hope yes. goes for her. Her and um, Jessica Alba are doing a Yeah, pilot. I saw her post about yeah, that. She uh, and right Honestly, she has such had such good longevity. Yes, she has. I mean, yes, she's yes. had an amazing career. Yeah. She is like my favorite person ever so please tell her i said hello when you yeah. go home and see her yeah she'll be watching she'll watch everything i do yeah i know she and she's always like when like you have a bad call in a game oh, or a yeah. good dunk she'll be the first person on twitter talking about it so oh, for sure we rap yes That's what we do so, always sure. which is fantastic okay <laughs> where is the next vacation a and b how do you pick how do you guys pick where the vacations are i'm talking about your group vacations with oh, like group Ron vacation. and his wife well the, the so the vacations vary every summer depending on kind of what's going on. So, yeah. you know, last year we didn't even do the banana boat vacation, you know, and I don't, you know, depending on our schedules and all this kind of stuff. So um, it kind of is when it, can, when it can work. So, you know, we took a, a different vacation last year with a different group, two different groups, mm-hmm. and we're kind of, you know, planning that right now. And it's like we got a group chat with, so like it's a relationship group chat. It's everybody who was married in August and around the September is time, and we all go on like anniversary trip together. And it's like right now we're kind of planning it, and it's so funny if you go through and read it, the guys' response to the women's response. Uh, but it's gonna be dope, and I can't tell people where we're going because there's some They're stalkers not, in the world. Yeah, you're right. But we will, we will be, you know, on social media, kind of you know letting people, you know, kind of be inspired by what we see through our eyes, you know, and kind of, you know, be there with us in a sense. And that's kind of how we do it. So, um, 
But that's just one vacation. We got a couple to get to. You got some coming. Okay. Yeah, we got a couple to get to. Lots of wine on the vacation? Because apparently there's like some NBA wine club like yeah, that yeah. everyone just drinks wine. Well, Tell like me about that. It's like the new thing. It's like, you know, you know the fat. It's like different fats that yes. go around. And this is, this is, is kind of like. Is it a fat? Like, I've yeah. been drinking wine a long time. Well, yeah, like an NBA is like <laughs> yes. now talked about because, you know, it's like athletes, no one want to talk about like drinking like that. They it drink something other than water. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> right. other, than, other than Gatorade. Yeah. Gatorade. Gatorade. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but now it's like, you know, like, you know, it's cool. You know, it's, it's kind of, well, I'm into wine. I have my own wine, and it's a lot of guys that have it. And it's kind of like a certain class. You know, when you're drinking wine, when you're here, we have some wine here. It's just, it's a classiness about it, right? Yeah. And uh, so it's cool to kind of be a part of that. Is there any player whose, like, drink of choice surprises you? Drink of choice? No. No, no. I mean, it, you know, when we was... <laughs> Not drink a choice, drink of how many bottles. <laughs> when we was, I have a video out, I don't know, I think I think we released it a little bit, but like um, I have a picture and it's on my social media from this summer, but it was me, Melo, and Jimmy, and we all was in, in Paris and, um, you know, hanging out for Fashion Week. And it was this one restaurant Jimmy wanted to take us to. Uh, so we all went to dinner with our group, uh, all our groups together, and it was like this small cellar, you, I mean, this small little basement you go down in, you gotta like duck the whole time, and it's just nothing but wine down. It's like wine heaven. And we go down there and we just grabbing all kind of bottles of wine, and Melo grabs like 10 bottles. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and then Jimmy grabs like seven or eight, and I grab like five, and I'm like, bro, this is way too much. He was like, watch, we drink all this. Right, and, and I'm I assuming tell you at the end of the night, I don't remember the end of the night, but when I tell you at the end of the night, them bottles was gone. <laughs> we had an amazing time, but it was some amazing wine. So it's more so like, how much can you drink? More so than, you know, you drink of choice. I mean, Melo probably needed those 10 because he dealt with New York. I mean, <laughs> he needed some drinks, Bro, okay? Melo came <laughs> grab it. Melo grabbed 10 bottles. I'm like, yo, and Jimmy paid for it because he had just got that trade kicker. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he can afford it. He yeah. can afford it. Yeah. Is Mello probably like the most avid drinker that you've been around? Well, I mean, not I, avid, but enjoys it. Well, I definitely. For me, I think he's one of the the first ones that you know I was around that was so knowledgeable on, you know, on what he was drinking. Yeah. You know, and now LeBron is that LeBron is so knowledgeable in, in drinking. So. It's kind of cool for me to be in, but I know so many other guys is into it, but for me it's kind of cool to be in a, in, in, a, in a friendship and relationship with guys that, you know, are really into it. And guy, you can, even if it's some things that I don't know, and, you know, I can reach out to them and be like, yo, you know, such and such, 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 and they can hit me back and be like, you know, like, especially, oh, they respond from... back quicker to wine than anything, <laughs> anything else. else. Oh, the group chat gets fired when we talk about wine. But, um, so it's kind of cool. And Mel was kind of one of the first ones you go to this. When he was here, go to his apartment here, and he's kind of had this, you know, this exclusive wine, and kind of take you back there, and he kind of give you a whole dissertation on, you know, on all Dang. the wine. Yeah, you get it all. So. Yeah, so Melo knows it all. Melo knows a lot. Yeah. Melo knows a lot. Um, you know, Brian knows a lot. Uh, you know, I'm still building. You know, I know what I like, and I'm trying to get out outside of what I like now, and trying to get into, you know, new things. All right. So before we get to Twitter questions, I actually have a question just because I'm curious. So coming off of the bench. Yes. Well, <laughs> 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 what was that, I guess, adjustment like for you? Because I feel like for players, there's kind of a, like, mentally, yeah. to know you're coming off the bench is probably a little weird. Um, I, I, yeah, okay. We can go with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> go with that. Uh, it definitely was an adjustment. I haven't, so I haven't came off the bench since I was in fourth grade playing on the sixth grade team. Right. right. That was the last time I came off the bench. So I definitely have, it hasn't been done in, well, I did in the Olympics, but that's just a little different. But I haven't done it, you know, from a standpoint on a high level in a long time. 
and I have so much more respect for guys that play roles that over my over my career you know when I retire I'm gonna say so many names in my retirement speech probably because I now have such a, a different a different I you know bird's eye view of guys that play certain roles over my career to help me be successful and in a way they had to kind of in a sense tuck their games mm -hmm. you know and just be special special uh, you know have a you know come off and like just maybe just be a shooter but knowing that they can do other things or you know it's just a lot of things that you know I see from this side you know that I didn't see when I was on the other side from the standpoint of always starting and you know getting all the shots and all these things now it's a little different yeah and um, I I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it. It's definitely certain nights that I'll be like, whew, glad I ain't starting tonight. For sure. But you know what I mean? <laughs> got, got to get these bones ready. I need a little extra time. But, um, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's certain things you miss about it. You miss coming out, to, especially being back in Miami. I kind of miss coming out, you know, at times to, you know, my name and style line up and, you mm -hmm. know, kind of the crowd, you know, cheering. But uh, for the most part, you know, this is an adjustment of you know understanding your role and knowing like I played 23 minutes and it's kind of like well how does it come so you got to kind of get in a rhythm right away and like the game is fast already by the time you get in there and you like ah yeah I'm feeling this yeah you know you're trying to get into it and now you know they on a six zero run that's a timeout you like I ain't <laughs> uh, even broke a sweat yet right so, but okay yeah. so when you realize you know or told that you're gonna be coming off the bench okay. What goes through your head? What are you thinking? Are you like, uh, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> so how, how my whole situation happened from a standpoint is when I when I was, you know, deciding after I got the buyout, deciding kind of where I want to go, you know, kind of talked to Ty Lue, you know, in Cleveland, and Ty Lue, you know, said, you know, I asked him, you know, what my role could be, et cetera. And he kind of said, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, and, you know, I think, you know, on this team it would be best for you to come off the bench because X, Y, and Z. Um, and I, at that time, you know, I heard him, and I was like, okay, but I want to start. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd and, rather. You know what I mean? Like, I've been doing it my whole life, and this is what I know in a sense. And, you know, and I give him a lot of credit for, you know, for respecting that, you know, and, you know, understanding it was going to be a tough situation, you know, with JR being there and everything. So once I got in the training camp and everything, I actually knew right away. The first day, I knew that my the best role on that team for me would be coming off the bench. Okay. Um, but, you know, kind of my ego allowed me to keep starting for like three, like for three games in the regular season. <laughs> And then I decided, you know, I think, you know, I went to Tyler was like, all right, yeah, you was right. I'm going to do the bench thing. And um, I felt that was the best for the team, and I thought it was the best for me to try to, you know, be a basketball player. Because when I was out there in the Starliner with that group, I just didn't feel like a basketball player. Like, just, right. you know, it was kind of like when I got the ball, it was like hot, potato, hot potato. Like, You're like, like you know, I was like, I don't know what to, now I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Here you go, <laughs> you <know>? Ron. <laughs> yeah, like I felt like I didn't know basketball no more. So. It definitely was, you know, kind of a different situation and role for me, um, but something I felt like I tried my best at, you know, and, and you know, in and, and my short tenure there. And then when I came to Miami, coming in this late in the season, it was just something that, you know, I right away I just was like, yes, and I, let's not even have this mm -hmm. conversation. Me and coach, you know, very fine with, hey, I will come off I'll the bench. I'll just sit. I will come off the bench. <laughs> you know, these young guys here, you know, there's, you know, that. You know, I have empathy for, you know, with me coming back because with me coming back, you know, that does take away some of their, their growth, you know, in the standpoint of, you know, four quarters I'm playing when they was playing or they could be getting that experience. On so four quarter I'm getting the ball, I'm shooting, you know, these shots and they could be getting that experience. So I definitely, you know, you know, it was one of the reasons why it was tough for me to even think about going back to Miami because I have so much love and so much, you know, admiration for the young guys that was there, like the Tylers, the, the Josh, the Jessons, and all these guys who's growing. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to stunt their growth. Yeah. Um, in a sense, but you know, so I have empathy for for that, and coming back and just saying, hey, I'm just gonna do what I can, you know, and to help this team be better. Okay, this question is going to sound worse than I mean. Okay. Uh -oh. Disclaimer. Uh oh. Do you feel old? 
What does that mean? Like, <laughs> you're <laughs> What What do you mean by that? Okay, because you're saying, you know, how when you're on the bench and you come out, you kind of got to get ready, maybe got to yeah. take a little more steps to yeah. get, you know, more steps than you used to have to take. Like, do you feel like, I am not running with these guys anymore? Like, I am old. Mm, no, I don't feel like that. Okay. And I, now, now, it's definitely games where it, it may take you a little bit longer, a little bit more to get going. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like I always say, it's like, you know, if you live in a cold city, you got your car outside, you got to get out there and start it up. Sometimes that joint don't crank up right away. You got to keep hitting that gas. Yes. Sometimes my body feel like that. And then sometimes you hit it and they just go right away. Um, and then, you know, the game, obviously the pace of the game is this is as fast as the game has ever been. So this is definitely not the time to be your oldest. Yeah. But I, I feel like once, you know, I've got into, you know, the shape that I, they whipped me in, in in Miami and everything, I feel like I've been able to adjust to that. Um, you know, et cetera. So, no, I, some nights I don't, I don't feel like. Some nights I'm like, like even my teammates sometimes they be like, "You 36? Like, 36 yeah. years young? I'm 36." And you know, and then some nights I'll be like, "I'm 36 tonight." I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get to shorter questions now. Let's see here. You've got lots. Are you going to like vet these Twitter questions? Of course, or, I won't I ask mean, you the crazy what? ones. <laughs> and I'm sure you will have crazy ones. Let's see. Okay, how funny. Somebody wrote Grandpa. <laughs> we were just talking about you being old. <laughs> All right. That's just, that's just wrong, y'all. You know, I'm sorry. Okay, how do you feel about Tom Crean, UGA? Oh, great question. Uh, so I got a chance to spend time with him last night in Atlanta. Very nice. Right, we sat in the locker room because I didn't play last night and back-to-back, you know, I was chilling. Um, and he came in the locker room, we sat and talked, and I'm just so happy for him, happy for him and his family because he's a coach. And, you know, I love to see him on TV. I love to hear um, you know, his analysis of the game and the way he breaks the game down. But I love him being a coach. Very nice. You know, so I'm happy for him. I can't wait to go up there. I can't wait to take my son up there to see, um, you know, someone that we, man, my son grew up, you know, in Coach Crean, you know, knowing Coach Crean. And I can't wait to take him up there, to, you know, to take him to a college and see how it ran and how it should be so he can get that feel of, like, that's what I want. Um, so I, I, I'm so happy for him and his family. Good. Yeah, that was a really good question. All right, let's see. Okay, which in, which injury was the hardest to overcome and which one was the most satisfying to overcome? Uh, my shoulder injury. Okay. The one that people, uh, I'm, well, I, I am glad that social media wasn't around at that time when I yeah. had to get wheeled off, but I definitely had You would have been on every Oh, meme. I'd have been on so many memes. Yes, you would have um, been in the group chat. <laughs> oh my goodness. But people don't know the doctor you know, term about it all, but I, I had a terrible, terrible shoulder injury. And, um, you know, coming back from that uh, was, you know, the, one of the toughest things I had to rehab from and come back from. And it's still to this day, it affects my shot. You know, I, mean, I had to change my shot totally uh, from it because, you know, the fracture I had in my shoulder, the doc had to tighten my shoulder so much that oh, wow. it, even, it even affects my, my lift on my shot. And I've had to adjust over my career, you know, to that. So um, that definitely was the hardest injury, you know, that I've ever had to deal with. Good answer, and that was a good question. Thank you. That was a good question. Yeah. Shout out, uh, Jason. Shout out, Jason. Uh, <laughs> how young is too young to be ranking or recruiting basketball players? Uh, Cause they do it super young. Well, I, I, that's a tough question because I'm a father and I was a player before that was young. So you wanted to be ranked, right? You wanted to get that. Yeah. Uh, but as a as a father, obviously, I I feel that you know. Even seeing my son sometimes when he sees like certain things, like I'm like, you, you try to like, yo, don't get the big head type mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want these kids to be hungry, you want to continue to keep working and, and get the best out of themselves and not feel satisfied like they made it, especially in the social media world. Um, so 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't have the answer for it, but I definitely have mixed feelings on on the rankings because one, I wanted it when I was young, and two, right. like I have a son now, and I'm kind of like, ah, he'll need that attention. Right, for you sure. I mean? So like, you see both sides. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I let me I give him a little bit, but don't give you know. So we'll see. All right, toughest defensive player that you've ever faced. Uh, early in my career, uh, Ron Artest. Really? Ron Artest was tough. And, like, scoring a run on test was, like, you felt good. Like, yeah. we left the game. Like, when my rookie year, when I got to the playoffs, and I kind of, like, had a good series versus Indiana. Like, I walked out of that playoff feeling good about myself, like, my career. I'm <laughs> yes. Like, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I give a lot of credit to, uh, you know, in my time, you know, I faced a lot of good defense, but run on test was definitely the one when I came in that I was like, man, this guy is strong. Mm -hmm. He's fast. And he loves to play defense, <laughs> you right. know? Like, he wanted you to smell his breath. Like, he wanted to breathe on you so you could <laughs> smell his breath. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted that. So, yeah. All right, last question. It's not a tutor question. It's a question I have, but that one kind of inspired this one. Who is the most undervalued or underappreciated player in the NBA? Oh, great question. Um, and it's probably, for me, would be C.J. McCullough. Mm -hmm. and I'm not and I'm not just saying that because he's a leaning guy. No, I was about to say, aren't you on um, the same shoe? Yeah, I'm not just saying that because of that. Um, and, you know, and I definitely think that, you know, you got two players on that team that probably, you know, Dane is probably very underappreciated by, you know, the the world of people who don't watch Portland play every night. Um, but I feel like undervalued C.J. McCullough, what he brings to that team, what he brings to the game. I mean, he is a tough, he's a nightmare to, to cover for, for guards and bigs. So, uh, I'm definitely going to give him that, that nod. Okay, for yeah. sure. And he's a yeah. friend of the podcast. He's been on the show, so shout out, CJ. Shout out. Um, one quick thing before we close, because I found this note, and I need to say it. So we were talking about how you, of course, were in the 2003 draft. Mm -hmm. um, mm -mm. That photo of you guys in the suits. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Where is this going? The Where is big, this going? Baggy Steve Harvey suits. No. Yes, yes. I just want to know what you think when you look at that photo and you're like, what were me, like LeBron, Bosch, Mello, what were we thinking? Well, at that point, I guess it was cool. But, <laughs> well, geez, we thought, they're bad. That. They're well, bad. Yeah, well, now it's bad. <laughs> but at the time, you couldn't tell us nothing. We oh, was, yeah, it was fresh. We was fly, bro. Yeah. You couldn't tell us nothing. But now you look back, it, it, I've seen some memes that are pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty Don't y'all go into court. Oh, man. <laughs> I was, but so for me, at that time, out the suit, because that was what was in, right? The baggy, whatever that was in, the long jackets and all that. For me, I was like, okay, color. I was like, I need a color that later in life they can't come back and clown me on. So I was like, I'm going to go with blue because that's safe. And the thing is, that is not safe. Well, at the time, in my mind, that was safe. I should have went like with black. black, yeah. Yeah, I probably should have went with black. But in my mind, I'm like, a navy blue is safe. Like, That's it. And that was like Marquette, like my favorite color. Like, boom, I got navy blue yeah. on right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of safe, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, like, those. that photo kills me. But when I saw 2003, I'm thinking, like, okay, how old was I? I was, like, fifth grade, sixth grade, uh, something so like that. Like 11. But I was looking. That year, Finding Nemo was near the top of the box office. And mm -hmm. in the club, 50 Cent was the top Billboard oh, song. That song was, yeah. So just to put it into perspective for people when 2003 was. Yeah, it was baggy. Like, yeah. if you weren't baggy, if you weren't wearing like you wasn't 5X t-shirts, <laughs> you wasn't cool. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it just was a, it was a different era. Now you look back at that. And the clothes are going back that way right now. For sure. In fashion. Like, everything, everything is repeats. going back baggy right now. So. 
uh, it will be coming back. So. Okay, so with the podcast inclusion, before we started recording, you asked about the name of the podcast, which is Time Out with Taylor Rooks. And you were like, why'd you name it that? So now that you have gone through an episode, what should the podcast be named? It's a great name. Time, time out. Out's I perfect. I felt like I took time out from my life. Exactly. I came here, had a great <laughs> sit down conversation. Didn't feel like a, you know, an intense interview. So it was a good time it's out. It's a time out. Perfect. Yeah, See, good name. it validates my name. Thank you. <laughs> and name. on that note, thanks for joining. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See what I mean when I say he should have his own podcast? incredibly introspective conversation with Dwayne Wade. Now, I think that my favorite part probably had to be when he was talking about the spades game with Jimmy Butler because I don't know who to believe. We're going to just have to organize some face-off with those two to see who's really the best player of the bunch. To download and listen to all of my interviews, make sure to subscribe to the show by searching for Time Out with Taylor Rooks in the iPhone podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the show. I would love to hear what you guys think. So until next time, I'm Taylor Rooks.